0: Um, Good morning and welcome to all of you gathered here. Um, I see some old friends amongst us that I've seen coming today. So hi to all of you and welcome to St. John's. Um, And hi to all of you on the live stream as well this morning. My name is Linda and I'm part of the church family here at St. John's. Now, um, if you've been with us for the last, I would say, just over a couple of months, you will know that we have been doing a sermon series on eight great prayers in the Bible. And today, sadly, we come to our last um, great prayer. And as you can see, the sermon title is on the screen there. This prayer is a prayer for deliverance. So if there's anybody amongst us that needs deliverance, maybe this one is for you. Now we've seen over the past few weeks lots of men and women praying. And those men and women were ordinary, just like us. And they all had something in common. They all prayed. Now, if you are anything like me, and you are really hungry, deep in your belly, to see a move of God in this nation that we have never, ever seen before, then we need to pray. If you want to see your unsaved friends or family members saved and in the kingdom for all eternity then we need to pray if you want to see righteousness and justice and mercy in this country and the nations of this world as the normal standard then we need to pray nothing of any good of any kingdom value can happen without God, so as God 's people, we really must pray. I think the um, Trev and Lucy have got some Bibles they'll bring them round in a minute, but just as they just before or actually, do you want to just do it now Lucy that's fine. if you can just bring the Bibles um, down, thank you um, we will be in the Bible today. Some of it might be on the will be on the screen. Some of it might not be. But I'll just um, we'll navigate God's word this morning together. If you want a Bible, just raise your hand because they're coming down this way now. Okay, thank you very much. Before um, we do open up God's word, can we just pray together, please? Father, we come before you this morning in reverence and awe. You are almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, and yet you long for us to come to you as little children. In humility, we come as little children and we choose to put our hope and our trust in you. We may not have the answers to the various experiences we have in life. This morning you may be sitting here with us and we may have doubts and unbelief and our faith may be really tiny. But we choose to accept right now that you are a good father who is longing for us to come to you in prayer. As we look this morning at the prayer of King Jehoshaphat, I ask Holy Spirit that you would be our teacher, help us to understand and apply all that we read in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are going into the Bible this morning into two chronicles and it's in chapter 20. We'll be reading from verses Five to 12 initially and that's on page 451 of the church bibles so 451 jehoshaphat's prayer then jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of judah and jerusalem at the temple of the lord in front of the new courtyard and said lord the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now, here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before we look in detail at Jehoshaphat's prayer, we need to know what was going on just before he prayed. So I'm just going to look at verses one to four, which should come up on the screen. This happened before his prayer, and it says this. After this... The Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the Meunites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is Engedi." Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. I think we get the picture, don't we? There's this great coalition of enemy armies advancing towards Judah. Jehoshaphat's life and the people, the entire nation really, are under the threat of of complete extinction. And Jehoshaphat's response, he's alarmed. So he's afraid, he's fearful, probably terrified, and in some distress, I imagine. But notice the first thing that this great king did. He decided to seek the Lord in prayer. And I want to spend some time looking at Jehoshaphat's prayer together this morning. It's a short prayer. He didn't go on and on but it's got some really profound parts to it, which I hope that we can take something from. So let's just look at verse six of the prayer. And these are the words that we read. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Now here, and I think it was Mike that spoke on our first great prayer, we see echoes here of the Lord's Prayer. Jehoshaphat is praying to our God in heaven, and he is acknowledging the complete awesomeness of God with a confidence and an assurance that no one or nothing can stand against the power of God. Now when I was reading this this week, I wondered to myself, where has Jehoshaphat got such great faith and confidence from? Where has it come from? Does he have some sort of experiences with God in the past? Or could it have come from the stories that he was told as a young man about one of his ancestors, King David? Now, you may remember King David. He's the one that killed Goliath. And I just want us to have a quick look at that story. So keep your finger, hand, or something in Chronicles, and then we're going to just look at this story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel, chapter 17. Now, if you've got a church Bible, you'll find that on page 289. And I'm just going to read it for us. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. That story, very well known, probably learnt it in Sunday school. It is a story that reminds each and every one of us of why it is so important to testify to the goodness of God it's really important for us to tell our brothers and sisters, to tell our children of all the good things that God has done in their lives and in our lives. I feel that whenever I hear a story of God's goodness, and I've heard some stories even this morning, um, and I'm sure this lady wouldn't mind me praying, like sharing this with you now. A few weeks ago, somebody came to us for prayer in the chapel, and I haven't seen that person since. So I've seen them this morning and I said, what happened? Did you get that job, that interview that you were going to? Did you get that? And glory to God, she got that job and she's back here to testify. Exactly, Dana. I think that is a clap for Jesus right there. And I think that, you know, for me, when we hear about what God is doing in people's lives, it stirs up our faith and ignites a passion in future generations. And I wonder whether the stories King Jehoshaphat had been told, whether that's why he approaches God with such confidence. I don't know, but I just wonder. Going back to our prayer in verse seven, we read, Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And you can see here, can't you? King Jehoshaphat reminding God of the covenant that he had kept and made with with Abraham. And in verse nine of the prayer, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. Now I want us to notice something. Notice where this prayer meeting is taking place. It's taking place in the house of the Lord. It's taking place in the temple which Solomon built many, many, many years earlier. And for those of you that are familiar with the story of Solomon building the temple, you'll know that when he built the temple, he prayed a prayer of dedication of the temple. And I'm just going to share with us some of what Solomon prayed that day. This is Solomon's prayer. Lord, my God, give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Hear the cry and prayer that your servant is praying in your presence May your eyes be opened towards this temple day and night, this place of which you said you would put your name. May you hear the prayer your saved servant prays towards this place. Would you hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place? Would you hear from heaven your dwelling place? And when you hear... Forgive. And finally, in verse 12 of Jehoshaphat's prayer, he says this. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I just find that his prayer just ends with such a profound statement. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Now I wonder if any of us have said those exact words to God. Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. I really don't know what to do. Some of us might be saying that right now. Sunday by Sunday and different times during the week, I know in this church family, and I'm sure in other church families, we meet up with our brothers and sisters. But we may not know what battles people are facing in their daily lives. And there could be people sitting here right now, listening online, who are facing a whole load of different battles. And I have just two questions for us to consider this morning. What battles are we facing today and how do we fight them? We may be in a financial battle, a mental health battle, a housing battle, an injustice battle. We may be in a relationship battle, a health battle, a parenting battle. We may be in a work battle. We may be in an addiction battle. We may even be in a fear of the future battle. Battles come upon us in all shapes and sizes, and they all have different names, and they affect each and every one of us at different times of our lives. We will all have trials, difficulties, and suffering at some point in our lives. And Jesus told us in his word that in this world, we will have trouble. Sometimes the battles we face can overwhelm us, both physically, mentally, and spiritually, and can make us feel really, really fearful and insecure. And when we read Jehoshaphat's prayer, he was afraid of the enemy that was advancing against them. The enemy had a plan, you see, and that same plan is the same plan that you know faces each and every one of us. The enemy often comes into our lives to kill, steal, and destroy. They're the tactics of the enemy sometimes. And it's why I believe that we can learn from not only what King Jehoshaphat did, but actually from what he didn't do. So I'm just gonna give a little summary of my thoughts. These are my thoughts, okay, my musings. King Jehoshaphat, does say this in the Bible, was extremely rich and a powerful king. People all around him showed him great honour. He had a huge supply of livestock and he had thousands upon thousands of people, of men, in his army. But instead of relying on his own strength, we see this king humbling himself before almighty God, and he prays for deliverance. Whenever I'm reading the scriptures, I'm always asking the Lord, what is it you want to tell me? What's the one thing, what is it you're trying to tell me? And I believe that the truth in this passage, what Almighty God wants all of us to know, is about humility. It's easy to read this story, and it's very well known, and miss the fact that King Jehoshaphat called this nation to pray in this crisis, but he was a king. And his first move is to humble himself before almighty God. Now, if I was him, with all the power and all the wealth and all the army, if I heard that news, I think I would have thought to myself, okay, it's okay to panic for a moment, but the next thing I probably would have done, I would have called all my top generals, that's what I would have done, get all the generals together, get that army mobilised for battle right now, everybody ready, we're going to take on this vast army. And then I would have probably prayed and asked God to bless the plans that I'd made. And I really honestly cannot tell you how many times I've done that in my life. But King Jehoshaphat, he didn't do that. As I said, he humbled himself before Almighty God. He took a posture of humility before the very people that he was leading. Now, Jehoshaphat was a king and a leader. And there are many people in this room actually who are leaders in in different ways and in different contexts. And often as leaders of people, we can have an image that we want to maintain. And leaders generally hope to inspire confidence in, in their leadership with people. They want everybody to think, yeah, kind of in a safe pair of hands, that kind of thing. So can you imagine what it must have been like for this great king to openly admit that he was afraid, but even worse than that, to say, I don't know what to do. Can you imagine that? But that's exactly what our Father in Heaven wants from each and every one of his children. He wants us to come before him in humility, in total dependence. That's what that really means. That we kind of like, actually we can't do this on our own. We have to look to you, we've got nowhere else to go. We have to admit that we haven't got all the answers. We have to admit that our lives aren't all sorted out, regardless of what they look like on the outside. And we have to admit, we actually don't know what to do. Jesus taught us about total dependence in him in the Gospels in one of my favourite verses in John chapter 15. And he said, and you'll remember this, I'm sure, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. This brings me to our second question on how we should fight the battles that we're in. Well, I suppose the simple answer is to pray. Um, Depending on what we're facing, we might want to pray on our own. We might want to pray with other people. We might want other people to pray for us um maybe people i mean the lady that came a few weeks ago came after the 11 a.m service for prayer and she saw some of us in some prayer land lanyards she's quite new to this church the lady that came to pray with us you know she asked us to pray for her that's an opportunity available every week after this service you may want someone who you're sitting next to to pray for you someone you trust a friend If you want to, you can join our prayer WhatsApp. Many people are using that now to put prayer requests on and we are seeing God answering prayers. You may want to join us on Tuesday morning on Zoom at 7.30 a.m. You can eat your breakfast on Zoom. You can come in your pyjamas. You don't need your makeup on. You don't need your hair done. You can join us on Zoom Tuesday mornings. And you can join us again on Thursdays at eight o'clock for prayer. At St. John's, we've decided to give make prayer the foundation upon which everything else takes place. And if appropriate for you, and this is if it's appropriate for you, you can fast. King Jehoshaphat called the entire nation of Judah to fast, as we saw in our reading. And Jesus taught us that prayer and fasting together is a source of great spiritual power. Now, it isn't that prayer and fasting um, makes you somehow more worthy or some sort of spiritual giant. For me personally, I think it just takes us closer to the heart of God. Um, And it's really, I suppose, an expression of our dependence on him rather than on ourselves. Now, we're coming into the home straight here of the answer to Jehoshaphat's prayer and I know that many of us are familiar with how this story ends. But I just wanna point something out before we look at the answer to the prayer. God didn't only answer King Jehoshaphat's prayer, he answered King Solomon's prayer that was prayed years and years earlier. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 13 and 15, which should come up on the screen, here's the answer to the prayer. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Just before we finish the prayer, can I just say again? Notice who came to this prayer meeting. Men, wives, children, and little ones. And they're all standing there, kind of waiting, waiting for some kind of encouragement or direction from God. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Metaniah, a Levite and a descendant of Asaph as he stood in the assembly. And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And church family, we've heard those words before. When King David killed Goliath, he wasn't even a king then, but he said those words then. And I just pray for each and every one of us. I remember in 2008... I was in this small church. There was only a few people there. There wasn't a worship band. There was just this guy with a cajon. And he shared a word about, he said, what are the Goliaths you are facing in your life? And I remember in 2008, I was facing one of the off-the-scale Goliath moments. And I just really, really pray and encourage each and every one of us, whatever the Goliath-sized situation you are facing, I really do pray that you give it to the Lord in prayer and then be still and just know that he is God. Now, many of you sitting here listening on the live stream are going to be thinking at this moment, well, Linda, I've prayed many prayers and they've not been answered. I've prayed for loved ones who didn't get well. I've even prayed for people who went on and subsequently died. And all of us know, don't we? We've all of us maybe experienced the heartbreak of that kind of situation. And all I can say to that is, we don't have all the answers. But what I can categorically say, with absolute confidence, we have a loving father in heaven. His ways are far above our ways, but he is a good father. And for me, personally, In the saddest of times, I have drawn comfort from God's word, particularly that well-known verse in Paul's letter to the Romans, which I'll read for us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever, ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So whatever the nature of the battle, the difficulties that we are facing, my prayer today is that myself... For us, that we learn from King Jehoshaphat and come in complete humility and dependence on Almighty God. Because, I don't know about you, but I have had loads of Goliaths in my time, because I'm quite old now, and um, the Lord is always full of mercy and compassion and loving kindness towards us. And I just pray that we would have prayer meetings and individual times of prayer where we, as a church family, completely abandon ourselves to Almighty God, our Father. And I pray, too, that we come in a regular rhythm of thanksgiving. I give thanks for that job, for that lady that we prayed for in the chapel. I give you thanks, Lord, for that. I give you thanks that you hear from heaven and you answer our prayers. One of the things just to throw in here, really, and you can do this if you like, or if you don't, it doesn't matter. Um, let's not treat God like Aladdin's genie in the lamp. You know, that kind of vibe where you grab it off the shelf quickly when you remember, or if you're in a crisis. He'll still hear us. I'm sure he'll still answer our prayer. But our Father in Heaven is looking for an intimate, two-way relationship with us, with each and every one of us. And how do we know this? Because it's demonstrated in the fact that he sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And that's truly the great need of the day, for us in here and for everybody out there. Jehoshaphat's prayer for deliverance is actually... A picture of salvation and salvation for all of us that are saved in this room we know it's a free gift we can't achieve it by being good or doing loads of stuff for God it's a free gift given to each and every one of us by grace and I love how the ESV translation I don't think this is on the screen puts the end of our reading in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 17 it says these words And I'll end with this. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Let us pray together. Loving Heavenly Father, We thank you that you have made a way for us to know you and experience you through your Son, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we come to you afresh this day, and we ask that you would enable each and every one of us to grow in Christ-likeness. Clothe us with humility, we pray. And Father, we thank you for King Jehoshaphat's prayer we thank you that he chose to reject pride and humbled himself before you. And may we learn from his example. And Father, we pray too for leaders in this nation, in every context, would they humble themselves before you and would they choose to follow your will and your ways. Would you make the hearts of all people soft and teachable and I ask that you would give us the gift of humility in Jesus' name, amen, amen.